At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And I need everyone to know for no particular reason that we refer to the portion of our recording session where we transition from messaging each other on Messenger to speaking on actual audio call, um, doing a kid chat, just because I want to pull back the curtain and reveal that little piece of Cryptid Keeper deep lore. And it is, if you are wondering, specifically a reference to the Monster Factory My Two Dads 2 video Yes, uh, in The Sims, where chat they with boys. Tell, yeah, you talk to boys, you do a kid chat. I gave you a task, I am your god. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's us. We're just chilling fake Pokemon cards and recording a cryptid podcast for all the world to hear. Just two kids doing a chat. Two kids doing a kid chat. Just a pair of just a pair of kids doing a chat, and that's why we have to make sure the podcast is kid friendly because we're kids. That's why, <laughs> exactly, because we're both younglings. We're both <laughs> tiny babies. In the years of our reckoning, we're like five. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you better not be weird to us on the internet. Yeah, because we're children. Because we are children. Calm down, everyone. I am seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a five-year-old, seven-year-old teen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've already established that time doesn't matter on this podcast and time double doesn't matter because we're in quarantine, so... It's true. <laughs> so what is age? What are years? We can be children teens if we want. <laughs> Quarantines, children teens, any kind of teen you want. We got it. No. <laughs> I have taken to texting a friend of mine because I normally, because it's either morning or afternoon when we text, but whatever, it doesn't matter. I've been taken to just texting good morning, noon, because nothing means anything. It's true. Everything is devoid of meaning and life now more than ever is only what you make of it, which is why we are so delighted to bring you this week's topic, uh, which is another round of listener stories. That's right. The subjects chosen by all of you unknowingly because we didn't announce this was happening. Uh, full disclosure, I have uh, not been handling the mental load of my day job well, so Addison did me a solid and pulled together some listener stories for this episode that we're going to go through. I will have a cryptid for y'all next week, I promise. The gap in last week was fully just because I got to the end of my work week and I was like, yo, I'm sorry, I don't have the headspace for this. So that was that. This is now. And we're going to get into some really cool user submitted stories for all of you as a reminder, because we do occasionally get inquiries like, are you guys going to do another listener stories episode? The answer is always yes. <laughs> so we just accumulate them basically until we have enough or until we have a week where we need to pull one out um, or a special occasion or what have you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we are literally always taking them in. Um, the best way to get your listener stories to us is through our email, because we don't always see the ones that come into the personal messages, um, whether for the show or either of us individually definitely don't send them there because we will never get them. Mm -hmm. But if you email them to us at cryptkeeppod at gmail.com, uh, C-R-Y-P-T-K-E-E-P-P-O-D at gmail.com, they'll go into a targeted folder and then we just reference that folder whenever. If you don't get a response from us, that doesn't mean we didn't get it. It just means that we're terrible about checking our email and we auto-filed it <laughs> so that we wouldn't miss it when we went back to collect our stories. Yes, we are. Yeah, we are always taking them. Uh, we consider them being accepted on a rolling basis. <laughs> There's a rolling deadline for submission of your terrifying tales. I've been applying for a lot of freelance gigs lately, so my brain's a little ah. broken. Because um, my day job might not come back for a while. Anyway, it's fine. But uh, yeah, we are always we are always taking them. Again, if you don't hear back from us, it doesn't mean we didn't get it, and it doesn't mean we didn't read it. It just sometimes means that we 
the the volume got overwhelming or it got tucked away in a little folder and we'll get to it later. But yeah, I want to give a big thank you to everyone who sent these in and everyone who sent in any of the ones that didn't make it onto the onto air uh just because it doesn't get read on the on the show doesn't mean we didn't read it and enjoy reading it and enjoy you sharing it with us it also doesn't necessarily mean it won't get read in the future sometimes we have episodes that for whatever reason we'll like check out a listener story and it won't fit the scope of what we're doing um and so we just like refile it for a future episode so Mm -hmm. if you've submitted one up until now um and it hasn't ever been read on one of our listener story episodes Maybe just forward it to us again and, and remind us that, like, it's there, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to read it. It just means that for whatever reason, it didn't fit the pattern mm-hmm. of, of things that we had to fit. And it might have been just long enough that it wasn't going to fall into the time allotted, or it may have been it was a shadow person story and we had 60 other shadow person stories. Um, mm-hmm. So preference went to some stories that were a little bit different. But again, we're never turning those away. So feel free to submit them. Send them to our email address. Put something fun in the subject line. Um one of my favorite subject lines of all time that we've ever gotten on our inbox that I think about on a near daily basis <laughs> is one time we got an email with a subject line, I kicked a ghost puppy, frowny face. I love that email. I love that. <laughs> I think about it every day of my life. <laughs> I kicked a ghost puppy, sad face. It honestly, yeah, it appears before my eyes sometimes when I'm trying to fall asleep at night. All right. No ghost puppies today, though, I don't think. No, I don't believe so. Just, (laughs) no, no ghost puppies. I am just now realizing that there was a story I meant to include in this document that I did not for some reason. So just, we'll see how the time shakes out once we've gone through all these and then... Cool. We may make it there anyway. Our first story comes to us from Jennifer. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And uh, just a quick caution tag on this one. Apparently, my notes are telling me it is spoopy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so there you have it. That was from Jennifer the subject says. line. I did not add that. That was from Jennifer herself. Got it. Caution is spoopy. Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer says, hello, keepers. My name is Jennifer and my pronouns are she, her. Thank you for including that. I moved into a group home for disabled people last year. And a few months after I moved in, one of the staff members was flabbergasted that no one had told me about the ghosts yet. As was I. <laughs> if they had told me that during the tour, I wouldn't have said yes to moving in. I would have said, heck, yes, this is a family-friendly podcast, Jennifer. (laughs) Don't censor. I will censor Jennifer. Since the house opened, four people have passed away who lived here. Cool. Two of them lived in my room. Cooler. Staff have heard drums coming from the nurse's room, which go away when you approach, and several people have had experiences with shadow people, notably a tall man wearing a hat. Hat man. Hat man to me. Um, quick question for Jennifer. I would love if you could clarify for this for us. When you say drums coming from the nurse's room, do you mean like, <laughs> like what kind of drums? That could be anything. <laughs> do you mean like, like steady beating drums? Like, uh, sort of as, as you might military? have in the sound design for like a, like a jungle scape? Do you mean like, yeah, military drum pattern? Do you mean like EDM beats? Do you mean a drum kit? Because if it's like EDM beats on a drum or a drum kit, it might just be the nurse like DJing. You might have another resident who is just really active on SoundCloud. That is perfectly reasonable and possible, honestly. I just feel like different kinds of drums open up a totally different soundscape experience for us here. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there are certain levels of that which are more or less creepy, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, if I heard just sort of like a thump, 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 thump. like constantly and sort of like increasing in intensity that would freak me out if i was like trying to go to sleep at night and i just all of a heard all of a sudden heard like a middle school level drum kit solo (laughs) happening in the nurse's (laughs) office then i would maybe be a little bit more annoyed than anything else yeah that's fair (laughs) but you know kudos to whoever this ghost is that is practicing their musical skills in the afterlife i really respect that a lot of people suddenly find that when they have an excess of time uh they're they're no more productive with their music lessons so i really appreciate that this person is not making excuses for themselves yeah just you know it's important to maintain your drumming you never know when that's going to come in handy yeah um so drums shadow people hat man they don't do anything particularly sinister but they like to hang out at my end of the hallway Maybe that's where the ghost vending machine is. One of my housemates wakes up in the middle of the night sometimes and screams the name of a former resident. That's not creepy at all. 
Okay, minor correction, Jennifer. I do think it's a little bit creepy. I think it's quite creepy, in fact, probably. I think it's very creepy, Jennifer. My experiences started off minor. A thumbtack randomly falling off the shelf. Laundry settling in my basket hours after last being touched. Simple things. Explainable things. Then I saw a chair move. A big recliner chair in the living room. It just swiveled and rocked for no apparent reason. Lately, they have been focusing on my room. I can't walk, and we use something called a Hoyer lift to get me in and out of my wheelchair. It's a pneumatic apparatus on wheels close to five feet tall. Well, the other day, I saw it roll back about six inches. No one was in the room. The floor is not uneven. The same day, I colored my hair blue, because, you know, I'm queer. And I guess the ghost likes it, because I opened my messages app to text my friend, and all of a sudden, the word hair appeared on my screen. I was using voice control, but I have gotten good at noticing ambient sounds that it might pick up, and I swear this pun is not intended, but it was dead silent. But last night was the most exciting slash terrifying experience so far. I sleep with a light off, and it is very dark, except for my jar of glow-in-the-dark aliens. I love that. Uh, Natch. Of course. (laughs) That's such a casual... (laughs) Except for my jar of glow-in-the-dark aliens. Um, I do want to note that she did not indicate that they are toy aliens. <laughs> I hope they are. <laughs> Simply that they are small glow-in-the-dark aliens. Which, in that case, you may not have a ghost problem, Jennifer. You may have a revenge problem on your hands. Let them out of the jar! Please release them. <laughs> I checked what time it was on my digital clock, but I could not see the last two digits because my Hoyer lift was in the way. Except... In the morning, when I turned my light on, my lift was several feet away from my bookshelf where my clock is. Staff did not move it in the middle of the night, so either something else did, or there was something else standing in front of my clock. (sighs) I don't really mind the ghosts, and if I'm being honest, look forward to their visits. It's the shadow people I don't trust. That's right. Thank you for making such a wonderful podcast. I discovered you when I was looking for more information on the Flatwoods Monster for a cryptozoology young adult novel I am writing, and I am hooked. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. Best of luck with your novel. I don't know how long ago this email was written, um, but novels take time, so presumably you're still working on it, Mm -hmm. and I hope that everything is going swimmingly for you. Yes. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I'm a little concerned, as Alex is, about the -the glow-in-the-dark aliens in the jar. Yeah, please free them. Please let them out. Or at least, like, let them out for a little walk. Let them stretch their little legs a little bit. I don't know if they have legs. Stretch their limbs. I don't know either. The lead was sufficiently buried here. <laughs> like, she has a jar of literal aliens and is trying to tell us about ghosts. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. There could have been another story here. <laughs> exactly. So I will read our next one. This is this comes to us from Alex. La- the subject line of this email was, The ghosts, fey, and maybe kobolds of my dad's house. So, hello, keepers. My name is Alex. My pronouns are he, him, and you have my full permission to use my name as this is ever used for a listener stories episode. Good news. Here you are. (laughs) (laughs) Now, all of these accounts are fairly isolated and short, but you can use any or all of these if you want. I am. I will use all of them. So here we go. My family heritage is German, Dutch, Irish, English, and a little dash of French. This may be important later. Just a hint of French. I'm pretty sure my dad's house is haunted. First of all, my dad's house was built by my great-grandfather, abbreviated to GG, who was a World War II veteran. There are four spirits that allegedly haunt his house. GG himself, two children, and a young Japanese-style ghost. Uh, He he explains a little bit more what he means later, but I think you can get the picture of what... I I was going to say, I'm not entirely sure what Japanese-style ghost means. What he means is, like, um... In Japanese horror films, the way that ghosts are depicted is, like, the pale with the long, dark hair over the face. Ah, got it. Yeah. Um, You know, in the style of Japan. No, but, um... In the style of the country of Japan. (laughs) um, My older sister used to have my current bedroom. She reported there being two children who would take stuff and hide in the closet of that bedroom. This is where the fae part comes in. The semi-mischievous behavior is also common for fae. I mean, my family is Irish, and fae are sometimes known to follow families overseas. Or maybe they're kobolds, since my family is German. Whatever they are, perhaps they are annoyed by my father's strict disregard for anything spiritual or non-scientific. One of my little sisters reports seeing a Japanese ghost girl with long black hair and a white dress the whole nine yards. None of these spirits are malevolent, just kind of spooky and mischievous. The ghost girl has been seen standing around the hallway leading into my room or napping on the couch. She, I'm sorry. (laughs) Or napping on the couch. 
She's just, I love that she, for her, honestly. She's got to take a little nap. She's like, what's your Netflix password? At first, I was skeptical. But Gigi was in World War II where America fought against Japan, so maybe she's a little girl who for some reason attached herself to Gigi. Finally, an encounter with Gigi. By the way, every time I say Gigi, this is not the name Gigi. It is two Gs. Gigi? Standing for great-grandfather. I was laying in bed trying... It actually means good game, but I don't expect you to know Okay, that. listen. <laughs> Language is mutable. I was... Laying in bed trying to go to sleep, I was spacing out and looking in the direction of the closet when something started coming toward me. It looked like a column of white steam. It stopped a few feet from my bed and immediately moved diagonally downwards into the floor. I told my mom about this encounter, and she said that my room was where Gigi died, so I can't help but feel like he was giving his great-grandson a visit. Anyway, I've rambled on for long enough. I've got some potential fae and or nature spirits that live out by my mom's house if you're interested. Hey, Alex, if you're listening to this, I am interested. <laughs> yeah, send those along. Very fascinating stuff. I do not consider myself an expert on Japanese ghost lore. I probably never will be. Um, you know, even if I were to put in a certain amount of research, that's just like never going to be my cultural perspective of expertise. No. I, I do want to pitch that... Maybe it's not a Japanese ghost. Um, I think the implications, one, of a Japanese ghost following your great-grandfather home from the war are frankly terrifying and extremely sad. Um, I'm not really sure why that would happen if it weren't like a direct vengeance sort of situation. (laughs) And I don't love that for you. But you've said it doesn't seem particularly vengeful. Could be a banshee. Oh my god. Alex, yes. I'm just saying. Like, that, that comes to mind for me. I'm... I don't want to, uh, you know, give go- professional ghost advice. Yeah. I, I'm not a ghost professional, so don't consider this to be um, a- an offer of services that would outweigh any sort of, you know, exorcist or other professional that you would get to come into your home. But that that's worth considering, I think. I like that. I also, I was going to say, I would also just pitch in general that, like, uh, it's it's likely that it's it's just um, because that's the style of ghosts depicted in Japanese horror films over like any other style that that's mm-hmm. just gonna that's just the natural association and it might not have yeah it might not be from anywhere but that's that self same house but just simply like when you see a pale ghost with the long dark hair and the white dress and the hair over the face you go ah yes like in the ring or like in the grudge oh yeah I totally. would also do the same thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that theory. I think that's fun. But also, yeah, I'm glad that no, that nothing is... I mean, maybe less fun for you because it's not great news to have a banshee chilling with your family. Okay, like, fair. Um, but, but, but but if you haven't had any negative encounters, then it doesn't seem like anybody's in danger. So just keep an eye on it. Yeah, like, if all it's if all it's doing is just chilling on the couch or, or standing in the hallway, you're, you're fine. Yeah, give her some snacks. Give her some snacks. Let her know your Wi-Fi password. Hook her up with some snacks. Yeah, seriously. Help a gal <laughs> be out. Be a good host. It seems like she's going to be there a while, so. <laughs> I would like to read the next one, actually. So I'm going to have oh, you okay. skip ahead. Well, I was going to say, just can you skip ahead and read a listener yeah, story? Totally. My brother might be haunted. <laughs> yeah, I, I sure can. <laughs> My brother might be haunted. <clears throat> I do love that. All righty. My name's Madoc, I think. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. You don't think. I think. I think your name is Madoc. I absolutely love the podcast. I've been working hard to catch up since I found it. As of writing this, I've just started episode 51, The Skunk Ape. So I apologize if there's anything I should have taken into account before sending this. I doubt it. Our pitch has not evolved that much. (laughs) Basically, the concept has stayed exactly the same. Okay, speaking of which, I'll just jump right in. Sorry if this is a bit long, I haven't actually talked to anyone about this since it happened, so I'm not sure what information is the most important to understand the story. Tongue out emoji. To set the scene, I live in a small town in Southern California with my parents, grandfather, and two of my sisters. I have one brother who lives and works out in Las Vegas, about 3.5 hours away by car. I feel that the following details are important to describe what happened. Detail 1. My house is mostly one story, with a tiny second floor above the garage that contains only a bedroom and a small bathroom. Detail number two. There's an indoor window above the kitchen sink, through which you can easily see the door to the garage and the stairs, which are just past the family room. Detail three. 
Finally, four of the five bedrooms are all attached on one hallway, which passes by the front door on one side, kitchen on the other, and dining room off the far end. I feel like this is a logic puzzle. <laughs> I feel like I'm So then, I'm what happened the to the ice block? Yeah, right? You know that one where the... Yeah, how did he get out of Who the room? Who could it have possibly like, been? Which of these people is guilty? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Last year, which is when this happened... He had work free for the foreseeable future. I'm assuming this means the brother. Oh, yeah. Yes. And drove down for his first multi-day family visit in several years. That's nice. He and my father wound up chatting back in my parents' bedroom. They'd started talking electronics and other things that I have a negative level of interest in, so I left them both to finish some chores. <laughs> a bit later, I ducked into my room to grab my phone. Mm, interesting. You went to grab your phone, yet you say you have negative interest in electronics. I'm just kidding, Madoc. I'm Alex, very sorry. Please, please <laughs> don't so bully our listeners who were kind enough to send us stories. From no, I apologize. I was I was riffing on a specific kind of horrible internet person that I hate, and in the I process know, allowed myself to become one. So that's on me. <laughs> Um, I ducked into my room to grab my phone, then headed down the hall towards the dining room. But I was stopped by a very clear sound: a crisp somehow playful two-note whistle coming from behind me. I love that description. I know, right? Obviously, I turned around, and as you can guess, there wasn't anyone there. That wasn't what made it immediately weird, though. It's the fact that my family doesn't whistle to get each other's attention. We just call out. Well, that and the way the sound itself seemed almost infused with a mischievous, playful feeling. Kind of like when you can hear that someone's smiling as they speak, even if you can't see their face. I thought that maybe my brother had picked up some odd habits while he was gone, so I poked my head back into my parents' room. My brother and father were still deep in conversation and both denied whistling when I asked. I looked around, but we were the only people in the house at the time. If anyone had whistled, it would have to have been them. It was weird, but I brushed off the event and carried on. A couple days later, the same setup happened. Two chatterboxes, many dull words, and one very bored Madoc with better things to do. <laughs> this time, I'd started to walk up the stairs to the upper bedroom, arms loaded with laundry. Again, a very clear sound stopped me. A sharp, attention-demanding snap of the fingers. It was so obvious and loud that it sounded like someone was standing at the sink and snapped at me as they walked through the window. I genuinely thought I'd see my dad, to be honest. But no. Same as before, there was nobody. Same as before, we were the only three people in the house. Same as before, neither of them had done it. And similar to before, but now even weirder, the sound itself somehow felt like it had an air of near impatience. Even now, I can't say how that would happen. It feels weird to say, but now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, neither of those events sounded like a family member had made them. Not due to some otherworldly trait of the sound, but due to how perfect they were. As I said earlier, my family doesn't whistle much, and we most definitely don't snap our fingers to get attention. When one of us does whistle, you can hear the sigh of our breath. When one of us does snap, the sound is a bit muffled by our skin. But these were absolutely perfect examples of the sounds. No sighing, no muffling. I can't describe it in any other way than it didn't sound like one of us. I know that the sounds themselves don't seem like that big of a deal, but they were so out of place in this house and so impossibly expressive. The snapping in particular. It sounded like whatever made them could somehow tell me, look over here, without needing to say a single word. I haven't heard anything else like that before or after those few days. My brother went back to Las Vegas the morning after the snapping, and he seems to have taken whatever made those sounds with him. My family doesn't pull pranks like this, when we pull them at all. <laughs> he was the only changing factor at the time, so there's very little doubt in my mind that whatever it was, it had to do with him specifically. Some part of me thinks that maybe something was following him. He had a workplace issue going down, so could it have been feeding off his stress or any fears and anger that he had? It seems plausible to me, but I'd love to hear what you both think. All right, so two things occur to me, first and foremost. One, um, just looking at what we have here, extremely clear-toned sound effects, uh, very expressive in nature, well-placed, not anything that could have been made by either of your family members, and you live in Southern California, I'd say you're being haunted by a Foley artist. Alex! <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang it, Alex. I apologize. Um, you drew no, me in. <laughs> Those are the facts, kid. Put them all together and there's one clear explanation. Um, no, that's uh, that's really fascinating. That the way you describe it being sort of like impish in nature and having like this, this mischievous quality to it and seeing as how it doesn't seem to be tied to like a location, but rather to a person, it seems very like 
fair folky to me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know that we just recently talked about poltergeists. This doesn't seem yes. like particularly nasty. Um, but, you know, if it's feeding on that particular, like, stress and angst of an individual person, uh, I can see a lot of poltergeists hanging out in Las Vegas. That seems to me like it would be a, th- a place they would go. Yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. Those are the two thoughts that occur to me most immediately. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, I I think, I think um, it seems like whatever it was, thankfully, it's not, like, anything a little bit rude, but not... <laughs> Not uh, dangerous or aggressive, really. Very rude, mm-hmm. though. I don't know what what it wanted with that. Don't snap at people. Don't whistle at I don't people. Know, that's fa- the whistling is really fascinating, too. Whistling as a form of communication is not something that we really think of particularly strongly in, in modern culture. Aside from, like, there are a few whistles with specific meanings, right? Mm. Like, there's a, a sort of standard cat call whistle. Yeah, but even that, I think, is, like, a little bit out of date. That seems to be sort of a retro thing that, like, we understand now primarily as, like, it's not out of place in a in a period film or yeah. a TV show, you know what I mean? My first exposure to a wolf whistle was, like, an old Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, exactly. It, it very much feels like a product of its time. Um, and I know that there are certain folk cultures, like, sheep herding cultures that use whistles to communicate across like very long distances it's actually really really cool Ooh, that's um, neat. there are videos you can look up on it yeah there are certain um i believe it, it may exist in certain indigenous cultures as well but i know for a fact there's one in like uh so I, I i believe it's nordic so don't quote me on that i don't know that for a fact but like these these long-standing herder cultures where they use whistles that transmit across like really long distances um to communicate with each other and they have like meanings to these different whistles it's really really fascinating so that's interesting to me um but that seems like sort of an antiquated folk culture thing i can see there being like a creature that would have picked that up in its many long traverses around the sun um i can't think of a lot of other examples of of where something like that would come from my fraternity had a secret whistle your fraternity had a secret whistle my fraternity had a secret whistle which you were supposed to be able to use in public to like signal out other members of your fraternity okay (laughs) which is so weird because the only place you would ever need to do that would be like a fraternity convention where everyone was a member of your fraternity and then everyone starts starts responding to the whistle (laughs) here's the thing it's not it's not a cool thing that's like not even a semi-cool thing yeah like that would have the same effectiveness at tracking down a specific person as walking into like a mixer for business majors in undergrad and shouting for someone named Brad. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen. Listen, there's nothing wrong with business majors. I just <laughs> had some weird No, but there is a lot wrong with fraternities. <laughs> there is. I was in a sorority. I can say it too. I can I'm allowed. Um anyway, I was president of our fraternity for 2 years. I can say you fraternity. Were president. So. I was, yeah. I was uh, I was secretary for, well, okay, I was president for a year and a half. I was secretary for a semester, and then I was president for a year and a half, mm-hmm. and then I was the vice president of membership, so I've seen yeah, it all. all right, yeah. Seen it all, kid. Been around the block. Um, but here's the thing about fraternities that I need people to know. Our, first of all, um, Addison and I both, we went to a very small university that was primarily performing arts conservatory. Um, we didn't have any social fraternities. They were all, like, honor fraternities and sororities. So the main, like, musical fraternities we had were we had Phi Mu Alpha, Kappa Kappa Psi, and Sigma Alpha Iota. I was a member of Kappa Kappa Psi. Um, and even by Kappa Kappa Psi standards, <laughs> we were a small chapter. Uh, so mm-hmm. when I when I joined, we had, like, less than 10 members, maybe about 10 members. That membership actually did double while I was in office, but um, I, I believe it has since uh, declined somewhat anyway. So when I say fraternity, like, I need you to think less Animal House, and I need you to think more Monsters University, the group that, like, Mike and Sully accidentally fall in with. That was sort of my fraternity experience. This is fair. Anyway. Um, either your little spirit friend was a poltergeist, or they were a fairy, or they were in a fraternity. Good lord. Um, or they were a foley artist. Or they were a foley artist. Either way, you're probably fine. Yeah, all of those things seem fairly harmless to me. So, uh, I'd like to share a listener's story from James. Uh, mm-hmm. pronouns are he, him, or they, them. 
um, didn't include a, pro a preference, so I'm just gonna use they them if that's all right, James. Um, and I think I they said that it was so. Yes, that's true. I know. I just when when I have multiple options, I'm always like, is there an option that you like better? I don't want to pick between them. Know. Yeah, that can be very validating. Meeny, meeny, miny, Yeah, I'll go back and forth. Um, hi, Addison and Alex. I wanted to thank you for making such an amazing, entertaining podcast. That's very nice. Thank you. Also, um, they include a little bit that I'm not going to read because it's like personal, but I just wanted to give a shout. It was directed at me because I've yeah, talked totally. about some personal stuff on the show that they related to, and I wanted to give um, give an acknowledgement of that. Thank you for emailing me about it. It means a lot, and I'm glad to hear that me sharing my personal experiences with my mental health meant a lot to you and made you feel seen. That's a big, important part of why I talk about stuff openly. And that's, yeah, thank you for writing about that. But I've had a few spooky experiences, but this is my main one, which involves a phantom old woman who I believe tried to attack or steal me as a baby. Um... And maybe again as a small child. Oh yeah, this is like really this this was this is this, this one's wild. Strap in. It it sure sounds like it. Strap in. I'm from Northern England. Up until I left for university, I lived in a semi-rural area. The house I grew up in is basically sandwiched between a nature reserve with woodland and waterfalls, and then on the other side is moorland, which goes on for miles and is full of ruined farmhouses and the remains of mines, mills, and quarries. That sounds haunted as all get out. It really truly does. Um, there's also housing estates and a busy road, so we weren't in the middle of nowhere, but we were pretty much surrounded by nature and remnants of the old way of life of people who had lived there centuries earlier. My dad is a pagan, as am I, so I was told lots of varied stories about folklore, myths, and legends growing up. Lots of those were old stories from the surrounding area. The waterfalls and forests had many old local legends about the fairy folk who lived there, and the moorlands had boulders that were said to have been thrown there by Robin Hood, who in rural English legend often seems to be kind of a literal giant storming across the, the countryside and forming local landscape. There were also warnings about not going too close to the marshes on the moors. <sighs> Sorry, I'm getting so hyped. Because a bog witch lurked <laughs> under the swampy water and would pull you under with her mossy green fingers. I've later learned that her name is Jenny Greenteeth, which is an amazing name, honestly. But I always knew of her as the bog witch. Jenny Greenteeth. I'll do an episode say, on Jenny yeah, Greenteeth we eventually. Talk about Jenny Greenteeth. But, ooh. Whew. Sorry, I got so hyped. Okay. When I was younger, I would sometimes have nightmares, often standard child stuff about cartoonish monsters and things, but frequently more frightening. Often these dreams would involve a terrifying old woman, usually silent and staring at me, but I knew she was dangerous and meant me harm. I know that old women are often the villains in media due to gross misogynistic reasons and weird fears about aging, but I don't remember having that fear relating to them that preceded these dreams or that could have inspired them. I generally found the witches and such in fairy tales fascinating and inspiring rather than frightening, and my actual fears were usually much more abstract. I really appreciate that little caveat, by the way. Um... Mm -hmm. This is something we've talked about on the show before. Uh, but also just because we villainize as a culture, we villainize old women in our stories doesn't mean there aren't occasionally old women that do mean bad. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, want to, I, do, I do not wish to strip them of their agency. If, if older women want to be villains who steal children, then they certainly can. Yeah, go um, off, queen. But also I am going to be scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> the main encounter I had with her could have been a dream or sleep paralysis, but maybe not. I was awake later than I should have been, lying in bed so I could read a book by Torchlight. I keep forgetting that Torch is flashlight in England. So at first <laughs> I, I was like- I choose to believe it's not. At first I was like, damn, that's wild. Um, no, yeah, in a way that wouldn't wake up my brother who I shared a room with. I heard my mom coming up the stairs to bed and quickly shoved the book under the bed and turned off the torch so I could roll over in bed and pretend to be asleep. <laughs> Since our house Torch. was a small terrace, yeah, right. Since our house was a small terraced house, it only had one bedroom, which my dad had partitioned into two rooms by building a thin dividing wall so that he and my mom could have one side, and me and my brother had the other. It wasn't as though we were all in the same room, but it did mean that my parents had to walk through mine and my brother's room to get to theirs. It was routine for my mom to check on us as she passed through to go to bed at around half ten at night, which meant I often had to very quickly pretend to be asleep. We've all been there. This night mm -hmm. was the same, and I waited for her to pass through my room to get to hers. I kept my eyes closed for a few minutes until everything was quiet from behind the dividing wall, and then I peeked out again. The room must have been pretty dark, but 
I remember seeing very clearly the shape of an old woman's face slowly pushing its way through the dividing wall, as though she was trying to get through. I was so scared I couldn't move, and I pulled the covers over my head and lay there shaking until it must have fallen asleep. That's my main memory of the old woman, but not the end of the story. Years later, I recounted this story to my dad, who suddenly went very quiet. After a moment, he told me a story about when I was a few months old and was in my crib in the bedroom before it had been split into two halves. I'd been put down for a nap, and he was taking the opportunity to have a short sleep as well. He said that he remembered closing both windows in the room before falling asleep. He started to dream that he was walking through a dark wood along a narrow path, feeling very uneasy about the sinister kind of environment he was in. Suddenly, he saw a small cottage at the end of the path and walked towards it. The door of the cottage creaked open as he neared it, and an old woman was standing in the doorway. She stared at him and beckoned him to come closer. He tried to say no, but couldn't speak, and found it very hard to tear himself away and turn his back on her, feeling as though he was being pulled in towards her. It was at this point he woke up, but things still didn't seem right. For one thing, the windows he had closed before going to sleep were now wide open, and the wind was blowing in. For another, a few moments after he woke up, I started screaming in my crib in a way he had never heard before, a blood-curdling scream of terror. As he was a pagan with belief in protective magic, his response to this dream was protecting the house with charms and wards and similar, and painted a large protective symbol on the dividing wall between our two bedrooms, which I remember seeing at points in my childhood when the wallpaper was being changed. He said he was convinced that we were both having the same nightmare in that moment, and I have to wonder if this was the same woman I remember being scared of as a child, who I saw in my bedroom trying to get through the wall. I have no idea who the old woman might have been, whether a ghost or some other astral creature or a demon choosing that form, but I'm very glad I haven't seen her since. Also, it occurred to me that the wall that the sigil had been painted on was the exact wall that the old woman seemed to be trying to push through. Maybe they worked after all, since she never succeeded in getting to me. Hey, James, bud, you okay? <sighs> hey, you good? <laughs> you, like, all right? <laughs> I mean, he said he hadn't seen it since, so probably. Yeah, okay, I mean, but also apparently it worked, but just like, wow. It's it's intense, right? <laughs> I love that. I honestly love that, that story amazing? a lot. Did you, um, so, like, you just, so you, you kept the ghost, but you just trapped it in the wall. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it was trapped in the walls per se or or if it was just trying to get into the room from like the other side and it couldn't get through the the wall. I thought the wall that was painted was the dividing wall. Was it not? No, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but the dividing oh. the dividing wall is in the middle of the room. Oh, shoot, maybe. <laughs> so then that I don't it's know. just just trapped in the house. Listen, um no idea what it could be specifically, but just because you brought her up, I really want it to be Jenny Greenteeth. Um, Jenny but that's Greenteeth. just because. Have there been any other sightings of Jenny Greenteeth since then, or is she still trapped in your wall? Alex, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, there is like specific, like, I, I can see it being, like, I can see the legends, like, tying in of, like, especially, like, the fair folk and things like that, because there's so much lore around fave face stealing children mm -hmm. oh yeah and that it doesn't seem like a coincidence that this was something that primarily happened when you were very young and then went away as you got older although it's possible as alex has seemingly decided that this thing is now just trapped inside that wall um, this is the jenny wall alex <laughs> <laughs> this is where we keep our jenny <laughs> imagine showing All that house to somebody else someday just like and this is the one bedroom turn two bedroom. There is a Jenny Green Teeth in the wall, so I'd be careful when you pull down that wallpaper. <laughs> Please do not. Please do not take out this wall. I know it opens up the whole room, but you do not want to see what will happen. <laughs> I promise you. Honestly, all I want, just, just once, is I want the Property Brothers to tear down a wall that houses <laughs> a dark, evil creature. Yeah, you know, we could tear this whole wall down at a great and terrible cost. Would really open up the place. <laughs> and then you can add a breakfast nook. <laughs> you can add a breakfast nook. Just make sure to put that sigil back when you're done. <laughs> you don't want to know what happens if you don't put that sigil back, let me tell you. Um. <laughs> 
yeah, anyway, I'm very glad you're safe and honestly really glad that you had uh, had, your, had a father who ha was able to take quick and decisive action to keep everybody safe. And it sounds like it worked, so. Heck yeah. Way to go, Charm Dad. Yeah, right? Um, and then uh, if you want to scroll down, your next one then would be Listener Story from Max. All right. Thank you so much, Max, for writing in. Let's kick this one off. They Max. included their info in like a little intro that I didn't include. That's Perfect. why I just went ahead and put it in the header there. Sounds um. good. All right. So Max says, I was eight years old when the occurrences started, which sounds like the oh, opening geez. line to a YA dystopia novel. Love it. Keep it. Put it in your it pocket. Does. Tuck it away in a desk drawer. Pull it out in 20 years when the world is waiting for the next giver or divergent or whatever. Everybody in games. my house, myself, my mom, my sister, and my dad had at least one experience. Seriously, just throw a couple capital letters in here. We had one experience. The occurrences started. <laughs> Over the course of about oh, a year. Oh, it's so good. Cousins and friends also had experiences in my home. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read every instance of the word experience as if it has a capital E. <clears throat> the experiences were pretty varied from one instance to another, and that's the strangest thing about it to me. I'm listing a few examples. The first two are secondhand. The last two are my own. My sister, 18 at the time, and mom were on the couch late one night, the only two up. As they sat there, a brown liquidy substance started to drip from the ceiling. There had been leaks before from that area, so it wouldn't have been shocking if not for the thickness of the liquid. I don't love this, Max. <laughs> it just continued to extend down without actually dripping. A stain started to spread. When my sister reached up to touch the dripping liquid, they say it was sucked back into the ceiling before she could make contact. The stain was gone by the next morning. Mm -hmm. Another night, my mom and a cousin were sitting on the couch when they heard a scratching from what they thought was the door. At first, they worried they may have forgotten my dog outside. When they approached the front door, they realized the sound was happening from behind the closet door instead. I hate that so much. <laughs> When my mom bravely opened up the closet, it stopped. That cousin never came back to the house. I wouldn't either. I'm sorry. Seriously, yeah. Personally, I had two distinct encounters. On a night when two other cousins were sleeping over, from my bedroom floor, we could hear the clock radio in my parents' room suddenly sound in the middle of the night. The music sounded like old-school Catholic hymns, but wrong. I didn't have the vocabulary to describe it at the time, but now I would probably say in a minor key. It turned off after about 15 minutes. The weirdest thing about this is that neither of my parents woke up to it, despite my dad being a notoriously light sleeper. Another time, I went upstairs to brush my hair before going to school. When I walked into my room, I saw a man sitting on my bed. He had a pale yellow suit on, a straw boating hat, and gray pale skin. Of course, when I left and came back with my mom, he was gone. I remember not really being afraid of the entity, just being confused about why a strange man, quote unquote, was on my bed. I was the only one to see that figure. Still, there were countless other experiences during that time period. Strange banging sounds in the basement, animal cries that we didn't recognize outside, my dog barking at nothing, doors occasionally slamming, etc. Things settled down slowly until they were suddenly a memory. During this time period, my family was facing a lot of turmoil as a familial unit and as individuals. The strong emotions make me think it may have been a poltergeist situation, but the variance between experiences makes me uncertain. If you have any other theories, I'd love to hear. It may be worth noting that my mom has always claimed to have some sort of supernatural sensitivity. She says when she, she, says she senses spirits, she trusts her dreams, etc. When I was little, she used to try to teach me how to control the flame of a candle with my mind. She sometimes says I'm the same way. I don't think so. I don't know if I believe in any of that. I know I don't think of myself as particularly sensitive to supernatural spooky things. It may be relevant. It may not. I know this is very detailed, maybe too long to share. So definitely feel free to cut it down if you do want to use it. And heck, even if you don't use it, I hope you enjoyed it. We did enjoy it and we did use it. And my official diagnosis is that you have YA protagonist syndrome. <laughs> and your mom is trying to train you for like what the future is going to demand of you. Literally, honestly, I your mom is out here like, listen, kid, we got to teach you pyrokinesis. <laughs> a great burden is going to come upon you someday. I hope that it never does. But if it does, you must be ready. When the experiences start, you'll know. You'll be prepared. 
Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Addison? Poltergeists? I think it sounds poltergeisty, but the apparition thing makes it sound like something else. Yeah. Normally, poltergeists don't include visual apparitions, or if they do, they're like part of the, like, kind of, they're like the violent stuff. Especially um, that description of the entity. Mm-hmm. Like the the suit and the straw boating hat and the pale skin. Like, maybe you're being haunted by Jim Carrey's The Mask? Alex! Foley <laughs> <laughs> artists, Jim Carrey. No, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know about, I don't know what that would be. Like, what kind of, I'm trying to think of what kind of stuff we've covered on here. It does sound... Because despite being a man with a hat, it does not sound like a classic hat man. Oh, no, not at all. Because it's especially, like has like color variation mm-hmm. and like distinctive features and yeah just like a figure you can see yeah it sounds like to especially if you weren't that afraid of it it sounds like it just was a guy <laughs> <laughs> well yeah albeit one with you know gray skin no i mean like a ghost guy but a guy <laughs> yeah that's fascinating yeah it is and i i think poltergeist is reasonable with some of the sounds that came along with a lot of it and the slamming doors and everything but i don't know and sort of the inconsistency of the phenomena you were experiencing mm-hmm. you know it doesn't seem like it was like a traditional ghost that was sort of going through the same motions. Like, cause sometimes you hear stories of ghosts that are sort of trapped in like, for lack of a better word, um, like an action loop. You know what I mean? So like they'd be going through the same rooms or like going through the same actions or like repeating the same gestures, um, haunting the same objects. Like these are all very different phenomena that were happening in the house. And that kind of like random chaotic element to it does seem more in line with poltergeist than like with other hauntings. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I am glad that you're all safe and all well. Hope you continue to be so. Also, <laughs> I just um, kind of really thought about the, the idea that I wonder if a lot more people that live in, like, houses that are prone to, like, weird stuff going down are going to notice more of it because people are spending more time in their houses now than oh, before. Oh, yeah. Something I've thought a lot about, actually, and it just kind of occurred to me. I don't know. Yeah, that's a fascinating thing. If you live in a haunted house and you've noticed an uptick in activity, uh, let us know. Genuinely, because either because stuff's more active or just because you're at home more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I am going to hop over to story from Brooke. Yeah, take Brooke's, us there. Brooke says, I went to college at Georgian Court University. For those who don't know, it is a private Catholic college. I'm not very religious. It just so happened that they were willing to help me out more than the others. That happens a lot, like with just you go where you can get the financial aid that you need. Mm -hmm, Um, Sure. Totally. This college was built upon a large plot of land that used to be owned by a family called the Golds. Their story is both interesting and important to the rest of the story. They were very rich and lived in a building that is still standing that the college calls the mansion. The building is four stories high with a grand foyer with marble fireplace and painted ceiling, a grand marble staircase, a large dining and sitting room, a library and a chapel all on the first floor. Absolutely huge. I'm obs- I love this kind of ghost story, by the way. I love like mm-hmm. when there's just like decadence and excess woven into the... Anyway, um, the story of the Golds starts off that they had one or two sons together, but Mr. Gold was incredibly unfaithful. Stories tell of a tunnel system under the campus so his mistresses could travel from the casino building to the mansion without being seen. The campus is filled with vases and large sculptures. Story says each case, or each, yeah, each one is a present from when Mrs. Gold found out about Mr. Gold's affairs. Each vase is. The sculptures were when he impregnated a mistress. These are, this story is so wild before you even get to the ghosts. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, like already there's a lot happening here. Mrs. Gold was upset, and she thought that losing weight would get her husband's attention, so she wore a full-body latex suit under all of her clothes. What? Which is... That makes me really sad, actually. This is I'm so very, upsetting. That's yeah, really we're, upsetting. we have to put a, a warning on this episode. Yeah, we are. I'm so sorry. But one day when she went outside to golf, she ended up having a heat stroke. And she was brought into the mansion where she died on the dining room table. It is said that she now haunts the campus as a lady in white. She isn't malicious, as I can tell, but with my supposed experiences, though plenty of stories state differently. Some claim she has connection to the deer that roam around everywhere on campus, which I love that. But she, I haven't mm-hmm. seen anything like that. When building the college, the, these, there's, there's a couple separate experiences in this email. I don't know if I'm going to have time to read all of them, but I'm going to read a couple. Yeah, that's totally fine. Okay. Let's, uh, let's catch as many as we can. Yeah. When building the college, this is the first one, they had torn down Mrs. Gold's prize rose garden, where she would spend her time when her husband was doing business. The freshman dorms were built on top of it. 
I lived on the third floor, one of the most active floors. My first night living there, I was hanging with some RAs and upperclassmen in the common room and having a fun time. We heard heavy footsteps and decided to go and invite whoever it was to hang. When we went into the hallway, however, we still heard the footsteps clear as day, but there was no one there. The floors were linoleum and the doors were super heavy, so we could hear all forms of movement in the hallways. We were also on the top floor, so there wouldn't be any influence from an above floor. Best first night ever, but it only got better from there. <laughs> Encounter number two. Every night my freshman year, I would wake up between the hours of three and four, always waking up at three and going to sleep at four. Because of the constant fire alarms going off at every dorm, people smoking in the dorms, it was required for us to keep the hallway lights on. Between these obnoxious awake hours, I would watch the one window in my door, which would show the hallway. Remember how I said we could hear everything? Well, there were no sounds at all, no doors, no footsteps, but I watched a dark figure roam slowly back and forth, maybe 10 to 15 minutes between each passing of my door. This would have been chalked up to someone being restless if it wasn't for the fact that I could usually see full body shadows, but this figure every night had no feet shadows under the door to match the windows, which is always something I see when someone passes my room. It's sad because later I was told that this was the ghost of Mrs. Gold roaming the halls and weeping because of her husband, just as she had in her rose garden. Apparently the grounds, this is the third one, apparently the grounds are host to spiritual gatherings all the time. I believe I witnessed the tail end of one my senior year. By spiritual gatherings, Brooke means like a gathering of spirits too. You'll hear what I mean. There would be a massive amount of white orbs that would come from the nearby forest. Hundreds of shining white orbs. One night, it was a supermoon, and my friends and I were heading back to our dorms from hanging out and singing, instrument playing, maybe some wine drinking on one of the open fields. A great night that I will always remember. It sounds like a great night. However, we had to cross the entirety of campus, including the ghost tree, which Mrs. Gold collapsed under. As I was looking, I saw a lot of small little lights at the tree line. There are houses behind campus near the dorms, but not near the tree. So it was odd, but I thought nothing of it until I looked up my college online and a weird New Jersey article came up about some lively orb parties around the tree. Lively orb parties? <laughs> yes. Lively orb parties. Four. There was a time when I was adventurous my freshman year before stress-induced sleep comas took up most of my time outside class and homework mood. Uh, a friend and I decided to check out the haunted tree around 1 a.m. We had our official GCU issue whistles and I decided we would go separately then together. She went first and saw nothing. However, when I went by myself, there was a large dark moving mass walking around the gate that marks the outside of the tree. I got freaked out but kept moving closer to the tree. However, when I was maybe 50 feet from the tree, the thing noticed I was there, I guess, and started heading toward me. Well, I got the heck out of there. When we both went together, not even two minutes after I sprinted back, the thing was gone. I freaked. Never went back to visit the tree again, especially after dark. And then the last one, there were five in this email. Halloween was huge my freshman year. They got famous demonologist John Zaffis of, Haunter, of the TV show Haunted Collector to come and speak on demons. And then a select few got to go into the mansion for some ghost hunting. I absolutely loved the show, so I was the absolute first to show up and get to go to the mansion. Everything was fine until we got to the uncle's room, who was a player and constantly slept with the staff. I was in the farthest corner from everyone else, as I was the entire time, as I didn't want anyone toying with me and giving me false ghost experiences. I was back Naturally. I went back I was backed into the corner and yet some of my hair was swept from one shoulder to the other and I felt a slight pressure on my back as if it were a set of fingers. My hair was long at the time, so my hair would have to be manually put over my shoulders or I would have to sway a lot for that to happen on its own. Yeah. That's a wow. like you got a pervert ghost in that room. Ghost pervert touching hair. Yeah, that's wild. Anyway, I'm yeah. I'll put. A, I have to put a warning on this. I'm sorry for the really upsetting portion of the backstory there, but yeah, it's all good. We'll just timestamp it. It's interesting and and it is like relevant to the story, but yes, unfortunately, as often comes with ghost stories, something very disturbing. Yeah, totally. So our next story is alien ghosts and the bunny man shocked emoji. Oh my! This comes to us from Alta. No pronouns given. Um, Alta is a pronounless wonder, and I support. Alta. <laughs> yes. Hey, recent fan. I've been binging for the past month. You guys are a joy to listen to. Double heart emoji. We got two, one for each of us. Thank you. That's very sweet. <laughs> 
So apologies for the lengthy email. I'm listening to your listener stories now, and it's reminded me of some stories from my family. I'd love to share three generations worth of varying stories. That's a delightful pitch. I always I'll start, love that. I, I love when there's a like a, a frame narrative. Mm-hmm. It's the Canterbury Tales, but decidedly less elevated. But with aliens. <laughs> but with aliens and the bunny man. I was extremely close to doing a bunny man episode for Easter this year. Oh, God, Alex. I strongly thought about it, and then I was like, better not. (laughs) That would be, one, that would make me laugh really hard, but two, that would be such a dark choice. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Like, it's one of those that I love hearing stories about it, but doing a whole episode on it would be a little intense. It was not good. (laughs) It was like, I live in Virginia. (laughs) It's Easter. (laughs) Happy Easter. Would you like to hear about an axe-wielding man in a rabbit suit? Happy Easter. Can we talk about the murders? (laughs) No. So, no. I did not go with that, as you may have noticed. Um, Instead, we had a very delightful episode about golems, which was way better. Yes. Yes. Anyway, Um, back to Alta's story. I'll start with my grandma. She was a wonderful woman who had a handful of interesting stories to share. As a kid, I used to make her tell me her scary stories while I tried to sleep. One that I distinctly remember, and probably the only one that genuinely scared me as a kid, was her alien encounter. She was a teenager when this happened. She was laying in bed one night, and her dog was sleeping on the floor. Her room was at the top of some stairs. She suddenly heard a noise from the stairs, the shuffling of several pairs of small feet climbing up. She tried to look, but found that she was completely paralyzed. She heard them as they came into the room and as they surrounded her bed, and there she could see the silhouettes of several smaller figures looking over her. She tried to scream, but she couldn't. She didn't remember what all happened, but they eventually left and she was finally able to move. So she bolted up and looked around. The creatures were gone, but her dog was cowering in the corner of her room. It definitely could have been sleep paralysis, and her dog could have just been startled by her sitting up so frantically, but it could have been aliens. Shrug emoji. (laughs) (laughs) The next story is from my mother when she lived in a small town in Illinois. Her family lived in an old house that was, according to her, very haunted. Her room was the attic. It was small and cramped, and there was a door at the bottom of the stairs that led to it. Something haunted my mother that took the form of an old woman. She would always see this old woman in the corner of her room and watching her while she slept. She wasn't a nice old woman either. She would throw stuff around, knock things over, the usual not nice spirit stuff, but also liked to shut and lock the door every time mom went down the stairs. Mom said she had to run down the stairs to try and get to it before it locked. I'm sorry, that's not funny, but what's funny to me is the idea of like, normally when things are getting thrown around and knocked over, like it's a ghost that you can't see. The thought mm-hmm. of watching an old, like, a visible old woman do this is, like... Like, just, not, just like, stare you down as she knocks just stuff Just acting off like your, a giant yeah. cat as she just, like, pushes things over and looks at you over her little half-rim spectacles. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I get Apology, it. Apologies to funny. your mom. I was gonna say, it's not funny, but, but the funny image you're that the it, alternative. Yes, and the, but the, and the image that it gives you when you try to describe it is very funny. Uh-huh. Just uh, let's see. staring that you was, down as she, yeah. like, throws books off your shelf. Anyway. Uh-huh. That was bad enough, but my mother also had recurring nightmares for years about this old woman. Awful nightmares. Maybe she was just so scared and stressed that it was manifesting in her dreams, but maybe it was something more. Uh, trigger warning for body horror in the next segment. In the dream, she was in school and would get called to the office. She was told her grandma was here to pick her up early, and it was that old woman. Mom, terrified, tried insisting that wasn't her grandma, but they sent her out anyways. As soon as they got outside the school, the old woman would grab my mother and start clawing at her. Here's a body horror. Peeling off her skin and eating it. Mom would scream and nobody would hear. And it happened for far too long before she woke up. Blah. The good news is those dreams stopped when she moved out and the entity didn't follow her. I am very, very glad to hear that. Yeah, seriously. I'm so glad to hear that. I, I was going to say, I wanted to include that bit, and I was really thankful that Alta included the... I didn't <laughs> yeah, add that. that thank you for that. there. The warning about that. Thank you. Okay, here's the last one. Lastly is a much shorter story from myself. Mom was driving somewhere with me. I was probably four or five. It was night, and we were driving through the endless cornfields of Illinois or Iowa for a few hours. While I was looking out the window at one point, we passed what looked like someone in a bunny costume just standing half in the cornfield, facing the road and unmoving. It terrified me. 
Mom didn't see it, insisted I just fell asleep and was dreaming, and boy, I hope that's true. Honestly really explains why my birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese was spent screaming and crying in the jungle gym trying to get away from Chucky. Maybe not a cryptid, but spooky nonetheless. <laughs> I want to give you some solidarity here, Alta. I, as a child, was terrified. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show. I was terrified of costumed characters. Not like the prince, like when I went to Disney with my family, I wasn't afraid mm -hmm. of the princesses because you can see their faces. Like the, the, the actors that you can see their faces are fine. Like the pirates and like the princesses, those are all fine. But anyone that had like, uh, like a head part of their costume mm -hmm. where you couldn't see their face, I was absolutely terrified of. I, there's a story <laughs> from my childhood that my mom loves to tell because it is mm -hmm. quite funny, even though I used to get mad because it was me being scared and I was embarrassed. But I went apparently on some vacation to something with my family where we stayed in a hotel where they had this parrot um, called Lisa that like lived in the lobby. And I was obsessed with the parrot. It was a, re a real parrot. I thought it was beautiful. It was great. And they had something called breakfast with Lisa that you could do at the hotel. And that was not with the parrot, Lisa. That was with a person in like a mascot outfit of a parrot. <laughs> and apparently, I was like four, and apparently I spent this entire meal shrieking, I want the little Lisa, not the big Lisa. Oh, no. I want the little Lisa. So what I'm saying is, even without a like terrifying late night car ride experience, mascots are scary. They are. They honestly are terrifying. But thank you for sharing all those stories. That's also such like a wide variety. And this is also the first alien story we've had in a long time. Yeah, cool stuff. Really excited about it. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And it's also fun to have the kind of generational layering of like my mom my gr or my grandma, then my mom, then me. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Thank you. And I also appreciated the, um, the, the seasoning with various emojis. Honestly, really that's very flavor. helpful. It just sort of spices things up a little bit. It just adds some nice flavor. It does. To the whole That's what thing. people really mean when they say flavor text. They mean emojis. Oh, is it? Is that what they mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're synonyms. Okay. I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know Guy Fieri plays Animal Crossing, right? What? <laughs> or it might be a publicity stunt, but like either way, there was a tweet like, or like there was a post made on like his official account with like his Animal Crossing island. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I hope it's called Flavor Town. I think it is. Also, Elijah Wood... I did, I did know that. Twitter, yeah. yeah, I saw that. That was random Twitter good. users island to, buy, to sell his turnips. Elijah anyway. Wood has real gamer goals. Yeah, honestly. Anyway, why are we talking about Animal Crossing? Because of Guy Fieri and because of emojis. <laughs> no, why were we talking about Guy Fieri? <laughs> We've gone really off the rails here. Yeah, and it happened all at once when you just told me that Guy Fieri plays Animal Crossing. <laughs> you said Flavortown. What? Or you said flavor. I said flavor text. Oh. <laughs> it in my ear as flavor text and it came out the other as flavor town. Help. Thank you for explaining why that happened because I was so confused. I was just going to let you have it, but I was like, where did that come from? I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, having a that's going to do us for today. It's hard out here. It yeah, is hard out here. Today. Thank you to everyone who sent us stuff. And a reminder that our email is always open if you have listener stories you want to send. Uh, Alex is right. We tend to just kind of let them build up in the inbox till we have like a good crop to sort through for uh, future episodes. Uh, you can send them to cryptkeeppod at gmail.com. That's C-R-Y-P-T-K-E-E-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. It's the same as our Twitter, which is at CryptKeepPod, if you don't follow us on there already. Yeah. If you want to like us on Facebook, we have a Facebook page, The Cryptic Keeper. And we have a Facebook group, The Cryptic Keeper Appreciation Group, where you can hang out, and it's fun. I do want to thank everybody for their patience as we're going through this. I know that we, like, went weekly again shortly before everything sort of fell to pieces. Um, and I know that yeah. we have all been coping with that in various ways. Um, I have been having a harder time than usual recently, just sort of keeping up with the... Um, mental and emotional demands of my day job. So I uh, am very grateful that, you know, when we do have to finally just take a week off and be like, hey, I'm really sorry we can't put anything out this week, that um, everybody has been like really, really kind and supportive about that. So thank you. Mm -hmm. It means a lot. And I'm, I'm really, really thankful. Um, 
I also wanted to say, because I don't think we've acknowledged this on air yet, that uh, we actually just passed our next Patreon goal, which is amazing. Like, yes. we hit our $1,500 a month goal, which is, like, unbelievably phenomenal. Um, so we are going to be starting the process of designing and then producing those 2020 Year of the Moth shirts, which, in retrospect, yes. does seem like an act sort of peppered with hubris, um, in <laughs> given the state of yep. 2020. Mm-hmm. Sure does. I'm not saying but, we did you know. this. I will never admit that we did this. Alex, please. Yeah, I can't. I can't take that responsibility on. I really, really can't. <laughs> um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm humbled beyond words by everybody I- increasing their donations during this time, which is um, wild to me. I was fully expecting that people would have to drop and I was going to be like extremely understanding of that. And um, I'm really just blown away by the support and generosity. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. It means a lot. And especially like during a time where little victories are kind of really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I know it made made both of us feel uh, feel really grateful and really happy. And yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Thing to have. Articulate. Am I? Sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you everybody so much. And also, um, as we wrap up, thank you to Lunar Light Studios for having us on the network. Please check out other shows on the network. Check out Ending Pending, Netflix and Kill, Comradical, The Newcomer, Bad Romance, uh, and w- Welcome to the Network. And yeah, please check out the wide variety of amazing shows available on the platform. Or on the platform. The platform is the <laughs> podcast. The network is Lunar Light. Don't get it twisted like I did. My brain is, she's having, <laughs> she's having a time. We're doing our best. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much to everyone. And uh, Alex, if you have nothing else to say. Nope. Then as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there. Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.